Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Varney. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Welsh's Fruit Snacks. It's the thing I can eat on air that doesn't make noise. Mike. You know, it, it could make noise. It could get all squishy and moist. You never know. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which Mike and I discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, in about an hour, we're going to talk about Season 6, Episode 7, Suffer the Little Children. How's it going, Mike? What's going on with your background? What happened to all of your fancy lights and your TV? Uh, it's all still back there. Okay. It is, it is behind this... Uh, really beautifully blurred gray scrim that, that I'm using for a, uh, a uh, well, I guess at, by the time this goes live, people will, you won't have, you will have missed it. So I'm uh, piloting <laughs> a new, piloting a new game show called House Hunting via the Seize the Show Network. This is a show that I'm pretty, it's pretty awesome because it's, uh, well, it's fun. All the the beta the beta the beta the beta tests we've done have been very fun, and basically, it uh, four contestants come on screen. Uh, the audience is out there as well, and the audience basically votes on a, a category of item, and okay. then just like the old Nickelodeon show Finders Keepers, the four people have to scavenge their house to acquire certain items. Different items are worth oh fun di- different points, and then I. Uh, also can award discretionary points for creativity. And then at times, if it's like on the line, like, will we accept this? Do we not accept this? Instead of uh, it being arbitrary, we pass to the audience who votes on their phone to decide whether they want to keep the item or not, or whether we're going to award the points or not. And at the end, the last round, when we whittle it down to two players, it's a full scavenger hunt, and it's really sort of uh, subjective items at a la Oprah's Soul. Bring back an item from your house that represents <laughs> Oprah's soul, and then the audience votes whose is more acceptable. So it's a vino lotion. Yeah, and then but then you would have to explain it. You would have to, you'd have thirty seconds to explain and argue why that is better I bet than. She has really good lotion. I imagine if I touched Oprah, she would have nice, soft, beautiful skin. Yeah, I, I think that would be excellent. Now, whether the show is as successful or not, uh, maybe I'll know. But. Uh, well, the time traveling has continued. Anyway, that's why the script. I up. love it. Uh, no, yeah, it's I, cool. that, that sounds like a great show. That's fun. Yeah, and I then like on Friday that. I do our the other trivia show that I host. Uh, Don't trust the internet. So uh, uh, I'm the world's lowest paid online <laughs> trivia host, but it's something to do. Well, folks, if you want to see Mike do his trivia stuff, uh, look below. 
He's going to put uh, some links to this in the show notes so you can watch uh, Mike host a trivia night. No, not yet. You can't until they announce dates because we've already passed when this aired. So I, uh, who knows? Well, look, it went put, great. You <laughs> well, you should put the the link to the site where you do all of these yes. things in general, I will. so you can see what Mike is up to uh, doing trivia apocalypse. I need to do one of those. That really sounds fun. Yeah, I'll send you the link for Monday. It, it uh, will actually, yeah, this coming one. You should at least watch it, and then uh, hopefully it'll get picked up. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of uh, shows on the Internet, uh, Mike and I are are working on something right now. And it's I'm not going to explain exactly what it is, but I am going to show you it involves. Janeway. <laughs> it's so much on a turntable. <laughs> Janeway on a turntable. This is going to be relevant to what we're working on. So yes, so tuned. for this show, rather than all of the big ideas that we've pitched and what you guys are excited for, we've right. decided to go much smaller, much shorter, and YouTube yes. only. And well, uh, look, I, I think we have all discovered in uh, our artistic pursuits of our hopes and dreams, our our souls are bared, our our hours spent sweating and working. Uh, on all sorts of artistic adventures. So you put it up on YouTube. If you have spent six months with talent and heart and passion and you throw it up on YouTube, you get about 12 views. If you review a pair of socks you got on Amazon, you get about 60,000 views. So much like uh, hot cat content, we're uh, we're going to try giving the internet what it wants and see what happens with that. <laughs> Yeah, my idea is to humor Keith in our small endeavor, and then if the views come, which, uh -huh. knowing nerds, it prob they probably will, mm -hmm. I have an idea how to expand this show into something different that is, uh, but I'm not even going to blow that cover until the time comes. All right, Keith. Humoring last... Keith and hoping it gets bigger is what this podcast is, and guess what? I'm humored, but we got no bigger. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say humoring Keith and hoping it gets bigger is pretty much the definition of your marriage. Oh, hey now, zing! Look, these are a four point five inch scale. Four point five inch scale, right now. <laughs> that's that. That's basically one to one. Um, uh, did you get it? Hot cat content. I did. Do I did. You know that when I hashtag oops caught cat content, it shows up on all the YouTube videos in which the cat appears. <laughs> Does it really? So it's a weird meta tagging happening. I don't know. I'm but. so confused about that. But while we're here, let's talk about. We have tried for years to make this podcast a success. We, we failed. failed. It's time to give the world what it wants. Yeah. 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 Hot cat content. Yeah. 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 Hot cat content. Yeah. 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 Hot cat content. Oh, shit. <laughs> Boy. Uh, so how are CC and DD doing this week? Uh, they're doing great, man. They, I'm going to set, I, I didn't have time to do it for today, but starting next week, mm -hmm. um, I, did I mention that I have a new pet? I've been babysitting my, my sister's fish. Oh, uh, yes. You mentioned that. Yeah. I did mention it. I, I bought it a new tank and the whole thing, but the cats are allowed in you the office while, the I'm, cat, while I'm the, in here. The fish you're babysitting, a new tank? Yeah. But the second my sister saw the effort I put into it, it's become my fish now. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds about right. Anyway, uh, 
but there's all kinds of scratches on the tank. So I, the cats have now been banished from the office unless I'm in here. But even when I'm in here, they try to sneak and jump. So what I'm going to start doing for next week, Keith, is I might mm -hmm. have a new cam, which is fish cam. Ooh. And uh, we'll check in with fish cam throughout the episode. <laughs> oh, my God. We're so old and bored. I love that. <laughs> so I uh, we'll love start that, that next week. But that's what they're up to. They're doing good. Didi was going after the fish this week. And I jumped. I leapt at him thinking I was 20. And I smashed my clavicle against the headboard of the futon here. And I, for a moment, really, really feared that I broke my collarbone. I have broken my left collarbone before. And I know the excruciating pain that it causes. Yeah. So the only moderately bad pain I felt I knew was probably not a break. So that's been the week in my life. Uh, it also got cold here again, so I got depressed. But now it's warm today, so I'm feeling better. Let's off to you. Talk to me about Charlie Jr. That's, yeah, yeah. Well, Charlie Jr. is doing, doing well. He is uh, in his usual podcasting space, asleep on the chair behind me. Uh, he does find this podcast terribly boring. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, the, the saga of the neighborhood cats is continuing. Um, but happily, the his room, which I, you know, reinforced the, the window for him, uh, did hold when he tried very hard okay. to get out and uh, deal with the cat, which was good. Uh, one problem we're, we're dealing with. So, folks, if you have any recommendations, uh, write, write down below or send us an email at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, he, he claws up the furniture. Now, mm. now, I have to say, our furniture is garbage. Uh, it's okay. basically, it's just like Amazon pleather at this point because we haven't, uh, we, we, we still need to paint the living room. And so we're not going to get the, like our furniture set till we paint the living room. And of course Jillian's working so hard. She's so busy. We haven't had a chance to do it yet. Uh, but once we finally get some real furniture, we would prefer the cat not turn it into shreds. Now I saw on Amazon, there is this sort of like double-sided tape thing you can put on those spots. And I'm, I assume he's going to hate touching tape, which is definitely in character. So uh, we might give that a shot. But if anybody has any recommendations on how to discourage the cat from clawing up your furniture. Now, have you thought old school, Keith, and gone with the uh, spray bottle uh, technique? I found that it is still more effective than you would think. Yes, we, we haven't. We haven't done it yet. We will certainly consider it um, because, you know, at this at this point, like it's already ship sailed on most of the furniture. He has scratching posts already. Like, so I'm, he has two. He's one on each floor. I'm going to get him more. Um, but he he ignores the scratching posts and does it because it gets a rise out of us because he's a cat and he just enjoys the attention. So yeah, it makes sense. He is a cat. Anyway. Yeah, he's a cat. That's just, uh, you know, on some level, you have to accept a cat's just going to cat. And, and that's fine. I get it. All right. Well, that was hot cat content. Now, let's, uh, let's talk to you guys in a segment we call Filings and Subpoenas. Filings oh. and Subpoenas. Filings and Subpoenas. Filings and Subpoenas. Okay. Well, we have a couple uh, of quick things to talk about. First off, uh, of course, moderator Phoenix Cage wrote in, we're talking old computers. He says, I know I always point out the weird commonalities that I have with Mike, but Keith, you and I really have some big overarching ones. I mean, we both had an IBM 386 back in the 80s. Mm. Not a lot of people uh, can say they were learning to use DOS at the age of seven. 
I was older because I'm old. We were computer nerds way before it was cool. We're still not cool. That's just how authentically nerdy we are. Uh, and you, of course, pointed out you had a Commodore 64. Yes, And baby. I pointed out that I, uh, before I had the 386, we had a 286. The, Ooh, girl. Uh, ooh, yeah. I don't even think it had a hard drive. It's that, that thing it was all was, floppy based, five and a quarter, by the way. Uh, no, the 286 was three and a half or three and whatever oh, it was. Oh, fancy. I know. It was pretty cool. Like, we had like an entire shelf of those three and a half inch computer discs everywhere. Uh, but that's how we played Space Quest yeah, baby. and uh, King's Quest yeah, and, baby. and all of that fun stuff. Uh, also, because I'm a completist, we heard uh, from our good friend, Lisa Max. Um, in case you want to reach out, it's lisamxlm1 at gmail.com, who sent us an email saying, hello, I'm an SEO developer who provides originally first page rank to amazing looking websites at very affordable prices. Okay. I'm an expert in the SERPs, optimize whatever here, and many other search platforms. We analyze your website and identify SEO errors, keyword opportunities, and competition. Respectfully, Lisa, digital marketing specialist. We read the junk mail. Uh, we also got that weird uh, spammy one that wanted On us it? to promote, but it we couldn't Google translate it. It was, it was a language. I'm not even going to attempt to, but that used like characters that I did not understand. Uh, I, I did and you you didn't copy it in, copy it into Google Translate. It's such a good idea, but I didn't get to the that you didn't give me that good idea until I had already banished it to the spam. Yes, well, here's a preview. Uh, it was definitely a sex thing. That's why yeah, I think premium sex private sex hot girls. <laughs> so, uh, wow, this is we are really getting oh, there. You know, we, we asked we asked for uh, uh, interaction on social media, and boy, we're getting it. So if you're an inflatable sex bot that can <laughs> leave a review, feel free to do so by joining the jury. You can leave us a rating, leave us a review, uh, but it has to be on Apple Podcasts or a podcast servicing uh, app of your choice. Just let us know which one. And at that point, you can spam the sex. Uh, don't do it on YouTube because on the YouTube, I feel like I have to flag it. So uh, but if you want to join Phoenix Cage, you can you can speak with him on the YouTube as well. But uh Anything else, Keith, in our filings and subpoena section, or should we move on to uh, the good stuff? Mike is ready to go outside already. Well, okay. Mike is going golfing today. Talk Are about old golfing? guy stuff. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, well, I need. Well, I want to talk off air and see if you and uh, you and Jen feel like going to Six Flags at some point. Uh, let's go tomorrow. Now that we're all vaxxed, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Well, <laughs> off air conversations <laughs> on air. <laughs> All right, let us now hop back into the time machine to November 25th, the year 2001, and answer the question, uh, what was going on? This day in the basement. Well, you know, I had just turned 21 years old as we spoke about, and, uh, You'll, you'll recall I early told a conversation about my first roommate was this guy Richard at the AMDA, AMDA dorms and such. But uh, at this juncture, I was switching roommates to my buddy, to live with my buddy Jason, which uh, 
we would live together for a little while, and then I would end up, we we secretly swapped rooms so that I could live with my girlfriend at the time, uh, and yes. then uh, we end up moving to Harlem together, me, my girlfriend, and, and Jason later, but this is when I was, uh, my first swap to live with my buddy Jason, which I, he was awesome. Uh, he's still, he's still with us. I mean, he's still <laughs> awesome. I just, those times are really Rest cool. Rest in I mean, peace, Jason. We were so poor. God darn, we were so poor. But that's that's such a that's such a cliche story. So I'll save it for another time when I have something specific to talk about. So that, but that's what I was doing. I was moving uh, out of that awesome guy Richard's room uh, into with Jason, where we started our our, our super bromance uh, that's mm-hmm. continued to this day. Before Although, you moved to Brooklyn with me. Yep, that was well. Just there's a, many, about two many years. moves, many moves. Like to literally, come. only two years from now it's, in this uh, this time. A frame. whole lifetime really took place in that period of time. What about you? Yes. How was uh, how was the Rochester? Opera? Well, now I you're was, an opera star. Uh, I was an opera participant, uh, and this was actually Thanksgiving in okay. 2001. So I actually wasn't in Rochester. I was back. In Vermont for Thanksgiving, um, my uh, my girlfriend was with her family. I was with my family. We uh, we had a cat sitter for Frog, our kitten. Um, one of my one of my classmates had an apartment there, and she had a couple of other kittens, so they were uh, playing around like that. Uh, but what I was also doing is I was in rehearsals for a New Year's concert back in Stowe, Vermont, which we referenced uh, a couple weeks ago with Back in Time, True Crime. Uh, And I was set set up to do this because the woman directing it was my first true heartbreak. Uh, I don't... Okay. I feel like I might... I, I don't know if I told this story on the pod before because it did happen that that year uh it was it was the uh, the the woman i guess she was like 19 whatever uh who i played opposite wait Keith, this... i feel like hold on time out there's a bumper coming in uh, let me go ahead and hit the bumper here keith falls in love keith gets sad <laughs> keith breaks up and now keith is mad Ooh. Wow. Yeah, that applies to so many things. I mean, it it literally writes itself. Anyway, so uh, I spent the summer of 98 uh, running around with this lady. Oh, she uh, came and, back. And was like madly, madly in love at that. It was the first like, you know, first like high school love. Anyway, uh, and so in that summer, she ghosted me. Like abruptly Ooh, ghosted me and good. tore my heart out into a thousand pieces. Uh, and she'd like, and it was like old school ghost because like didn't have cell phones mm. and and had no way of contacting her. And she, it, it was it was complicated. It was complicated by a couple Not of like other things. Not like romantic ghost, like you're doing pottery together. No, unfortunately, we never did that either. Even though I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so point being, she she ghosted me in like a very thorough way tore my heart out and then three years later asked me to uh perform in this new year's new year's concert uh in stowe and so here i am getting sucked back in now of course you know at this point i was already living with somebody else and so that was a that was a a non-starter but it was really weird to hear from her and we 
uh, we'll talk about it later because it's not New Year's yet, but I was doing rehearsals then. And like we had a sort of conversation about it, but didn't really talk about it. Okay. Awkward City. Uh, Awkward Keith, nervous Keith, uh, was going through this experience this week in the basement. Which means it's now time to talk about... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcast's This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Well, folks, here we are back in November 25th. 2001, we are listening to Family Affair, Mary J. Blige, of course, in its second week. Also in its second week, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is tearing down the movie theaters, taking in $57 million in week two. The cover of the Burlington Free Press talked about hundreds of Taliban surrender as we were uh, deep into the initial invasion of Afghanistan. Uh, and uh, we're I, we're going to get out soon. I swear. It's coming. Really, really soon. Anyway, so that's what was going on in the world. And now it is time for everyone's favorite segment. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. Uh, the 8-2 Raiders dropped the New York football Giants to 5-6 and six after a 28-10 victory at Giants Stadium. Tim Brown caught two touchdowns from Rich Gannon. Dickie Barber's 124 yards and a touchdown were not enough. Two-time Raiders head coach John Gruden coached the two-time from Oakland Raiders. Meanwhile, the Washington Races names took down the Eagles 13-3 in a snoozer at Veteran Stadium. Neither quarterback was able to throw for 100 yards in the game. I'd say more, but I'm too bored. Oof. Yikes. We were in that phase Woof. of NFC. The NFC beast was the NFC least. Well, it was just also an era when the defense was so far ahead of the offense. Mm-hmm. And so you had games where neither quarterback threw for 100 yards. And it was just like that late 90s, early 2000s when like a quarterback throwing for 300 yards was a huge deal. And now it's sort of like, yeah, that's like the average. Anyway, it was boring, boring back then. But you want to know what's not boring? I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to Folks, wow, that that might have been the quickest like beginning we've done in months. If not months. years. If not years. <laughs> if not years. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, here it is. We're going to talk about the practice this week. Oh, my God. We are talking about the practice season six, episode seven, Suffer the Little Children, hmm. written Sounds ominous. By David E. Kelly, but by Lynn E. Litt, who last wrote on Home of the Brave, and James D. Solomon. This is his only episode of The Practice. He uh, also wrote on The Bronx is Burning and was an Emmy nom for uh, The Witness documentary. He was mainly a documentarian. Uh, But here he is working on his one episode of The Practice. It was directed by veteran director Dennis Smith, who last directed Public. Servants. Okay, great episode. 
Which uh, brings us to the eternal question. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What, what does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? I'm actually kind of uh, chagrined to uh, hear that David E. Kelly is not writing on this episode, as I thought he was doing his uh, doing yeoman's work to write the ship last week a little bit, because there's some glaring things I've noticed we've discussed ad nauseum that I think this would be a good week to fix. And I'm looking at your picture down there, and at least one of them seems a little bit... I feel like we need to get the female members. Here's my pitch to the okay. writing room. Sexy pitch. We, Let's hear it. Oh, no, no, no. It's just, uh, is it sexy? Well, big, big, big pitch. Big pitch. No, this isn't sexy. This has nothing to do with sex, just the sex of our cast. I feel like the women uh, of our main cast have not been involved enough. And Agreed. so this week, I want Lindsay on the case. I want Eleanor on the case. I want Rebecca on the case. And I think they're going to give it to us, right? They they fixed the Jimmy Eugene thing last week, quote unquote fixed. I want the women in at least two of the three of our main women I want in the show this week. Okay. I want at least 66%. I also want to get back to what we talked about last week. I want to get Helen Gamble and the new... DA back in the show. I love Ron Livingston. Let's he's been in and out, but like let's the last we saw him, he was being sort of a D-bag. Uh -huh. uh, or uh, let's say his he was being uh, scrupulous, uh, inscrutable, inscrutable, whatever. Something with the word scrut in it. <laughs> he's a blast-ended scrut. <laughs> yes. Uh so I want to see more scruting. I want to see Ron Livingston scruting with I want him to Helen. extrude scrut. Yes, I want him to scrut with Helen. And I want the women in the cast. And the case is clearly going to be dark and involving uh, children. Continuing from last week, children in duress, which is we're getting from the title. And apparently uh, some sort of a locket with an old president is in it. So, uh, yeah, all of those things is my, my pitch. Okay, you've got a lot going on there. Okay, well, folks, if you want to listen to us, listen to this episode of The Practice, uh, why? But if you want to, hop on to your podcasting service of choice, and we will see you back here for the oopsies. And bring as much scrut as you possibly have. Scrut as hard as you can, guys. Season 6, Episode 7, Suffer the Little Children's. We're well, in going, the basement. We're starting right in on it. And there's Ron Livingston. Are you so, sure you're okay to do this? Mr. Lord, you're telling me that my son may be in there. Are there any family members or friends? I'm here. You didn't think to ask that until right before they walk into the morgue? Morgues in the on TV are lit so beautifully. I mean, who's gonna pull? Are we gonna do this thing or? 
Right. Ray Brunso says, is this your son? And while we're at it, let's introduce... <laughs> the Hold on a second. Let's, let's, let the, let's wait till the credits and we can introduce her. I feel like the credits are coming very soon. Would be my guess. Feel, it feels pretty credity. He was okay. not in a but game. He was wearing Crip colors. Mr. Lowe, I know... I knew my son. The jacket was a Christmas present from an uncle. He was not in a gang. It is possible he was mistaken for a crip. Do you know who shot him? We think so, yes. Please, get this person, Mr. Lowe. I'm asking you as his mother. Please get whoever did this. I will. Lady who points out that systemic racism has not been fixed then or now, and even though he wasn't part of that gang, they assumed he was, and I imagine that's going to make it hard to find his killer. Yes, indeed. So this mother is played by Monet Michael, who you would know from 42 Matchstick Men, the underrated uh, Kevin Costner vehicle Dragonfly, The Good Place, The Shield, and the office, man, she's done some good stuff. Yeah. Ooh. All right, I love a, a pre a pre credit role that is powerful like that. Sets yeah. The stage. Always. I mean, like she's coming in guns blazing. So is Charlie, apparently. It wasn't me. I think we should just Eleanor. give a statement, Eleanor. That is not a All good right, idea, that's 33%. Lester. But if we don't talk, they'll just think he's guilty. Which I'm not. What are you going to tell them, Stephen? That you and Terrence just happened to be driving through at the time? It's the truth. Why don't you believe me? Stephen, whether or not I do, you will not be believed by the police. You've already been involved in two prior drive-bys. I was not involved. I happened to be in the car, but I had no part in either of them. Wow, they're both what about me? I got no record. They're going to think that you're covering for your brother. Or even Not worse, that you're involved. But whose side are you on? Guys, well, hold on. Well, to be fair... They're being accused point, of you murder. Two are the only suspects, specifically you, Stephen. Now, they don't want to talk to you to see if you can join them in their search for justice. They want you to say something incriminating or nail you down to a story that they can check out. As your lawyer, I am telling you both, I am imploring you not to say a word. You think I did it? Once again, I don't know what to believe at this point. You told them you were in the area because you had a flat, but no flat tire was found in the back of your car. It's because I was scared. And I just got out as quick as I could. I knew I was on Crip's turf. I used to be a blood. Well, Terrence, in his statement, forgot to mention the flat tire. I also know that ex-gang members don't get the benefit of the doubt. Your talking is not going to help. So I will advise you one last time not to. All right, let's introduce this family. This family in a very difficult situation if they didn't do it. 
This family who just got souvenir t-shirts that say the law firm of Bobby Donald and Associates, keep your mouth fucking shut. Yeah, oh, they, yeah, they should give out like, you know, Magnus to put on your fridge. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> All right. So the dad, Lester, Wait, here's hold on played better, by. A better magnet, a better magnet uh, slogan would be stick to your story. Mm, mm, mm. No? It's, well, it's it's not a sticker. That would really make sense if it were a sticker. Mm, that's true. Uh, adhere to the truth. <laughs> adhere to the story. I don't know. We'll work. We're workshopping it. What do you think? Send your uh, ideas uh, to the YouTube moderator Phoenix Cage or Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, so the father here is played by Lee Hampton. Stephen, the former ga- the former gang member, is played by Ricky Deshawn Collins who you would know from Jack, Danny Phantom, Little Giants, Recess, and, and Recess. He's a very accomplished voice actor now. Okay. Does a ton of uh, animated stuff. The younger brother, Terrence, is played by or uh, Omar Ortiz. He only has two credits, and his other one was also David E. Kelly's show, Boston Public. Uh, Little Giants. I wonder if that holds up. I really used to. I loved that. I Never that. seen it. You know, you know how I feel about sports movies. Even though it is Giants. I'm a Giants fan. The Commonwealth versus Frank Vaughn. Breaking and entering, trespassing. Jeff Carlton for the Commonwealth. His PD's a no-show again. Ms. Dole, how delightful to see you again. Lindsay! I'm just filing some papers with your clerk. 66%! Take a moment. Maybe we can conference this and be done with it. Judge is Ed Morgan. Last seen all the way back in part four. Lindsay Dole, I'll what be about judge's assistant there or the court clerk? Um, I'll get a trial date lines, set, then we can her meet, her and you can tell me all about... Uh, One will. second, Your Honor. Uh, this complaint right, doesn't even on. allege a criminal act. If you act. want it, you get it. Court assistant that Mike has a crush on! She's got a banging haircut, and she got a couple lines. Her family wants her name read on this podcast that so many people listen to. Uh, this is D.N. Helsel, who uh, you would know from I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Interesting. I have a story to tell about that that I can't tell about, can't talk about yet. Uh, this is actually uh, the first of two appearances she will make on The Practice. She was also uh, did an episode of E.R., and Vice Academy Part Two and Three. Well, okay, she's got a she has a career happening. The door to the home where Mr. Vaughn was found had been open all day. He was just sitting in the doorway of an empty house. It was private property, Lindsay and the lock was broken. I think we can infer that. We can infer the neighbors called the police because they and knew Mr. Vaughn good. didn't belong there. Hello. According to the incident report, he was arrested only because the police thought maybe he was on drugs, which he wasn't, according to subsequent tests. Look, the guy is sitting there in a house. Come on, Mr. Carlton. If that's all you've got, this DA is, it? is played by Jeffrey Stubblefield. The charges against Mr. Vaughn are dismissed without prejudice. You can always refile if you get anything more. But please don't waste my time. Okay, Lindsay comes in and okay, wins a case before the credits are over. Boom. Not with me. This way, pal. Oh. Uh-oh. Does Lindsay have another stalker? Because he's giving me the stalker look. Here. Well, let me tell you. you knew who did this. We think we do. The guy that's giving Mike the stalker look but isn't. Uh, no, he's giving my lady friend the stalker look but isn't, maybe. And I don't uh, take kindly to that. Guys, this is 
Oscar winner Ray McKinnon. He won an Oscar for his 2002 short film, The Accountant. Uh, I certainly know him, and many others would know him from Deadwood. The uh, Mud, Mayans MC, Sons of Anarchy, Apollo 13. His first credit is Driving Miss Daisy. And he is the creator and lead writer of the Rectify series. Also a, a subtitle for Keith's marriage, Deadwood. We don't have any real evidence. Four and a half we inch scale, baby. We can car in the area, but... Weren't there any witnesses? Only the brother, and he's not saying anything. With the gang shootings, the witnesses usually don't come forward. I told you, my son was not in a gang. I understand And I'm that. getting this, all the scrutiny the I'd asked for was. already. <laughs> You'll just have to be patient, Miss Fletcher. Bloody bloody, Miss Fletcher? You don't think you're going to get him, do you? It's still very early in the investigation. Do you? Are you even going to try? Think you'll get him, Mr. Lowe. I don't know. At least he's honest. Yeah. Mike, anything? Yeah. We combed no, the area. No. We haven't been able to scare up anybody who saw anything. But Stephen Miller's best friend was shot and killed by a crip two weeks ago. So he had motive. I'm actually pretty upset we never got the Ray Abruzzo S, or, uh, Law and Order. He's great. I want to see more. I want him the cop show. That's true. Like, he he definitely has been auditioning for a cop show for six seasons now. Yeah, I mean, the best he gets is a few scenes here and there. Where is he now? Both are still in custody, although Eleanor fruts all over us on that. He's definitely done the most episodes of The Practice without winning a news. All right. <laughs> Release okay. him. Wait until they get home. Could get a life bot. for Stephen. You can rearrest him there. Then you can do a protective search mm, of the house for weapons. With any luck, you turn up the gun. Will that justify searching the whole house? He's a gang member. Other gang members' weapons could be present. Uh, just do it. We'll worry about the Fourth Amendment issues later. Wow. Alan, okay. what's going on? All right, you so can't keep holding we, them in perpetuity. We're releasing your clients, what Alan. What the is there? Yeah, because it so, involves all of the groups. Yes, he's he's leaving his scroots otherwise in other places. Uh, he's not excreting his scroots. Uh, so the plan here is to release Stephen, who was the older brother that we introduced with the family, uh, to say go home and then rearrest him when he is at home and use that as a pretense to search the home. Mm. So it's shady as fuck. Uh, he also said, we'll worry about the Fourth Amendment later. Yeah, fuck the Fourth Amendment. Here you go. Really? What do you mean he just showed up? With Lindsay's card. Uh-oh. Did he bring his Oscar? What's your name, sir? Frank? I, I want to hire name. you. Well... Who is he? The court appointment I told you about. You don't need me anymore, Frank. The charges were dropped. No, no. I want you to help me find Andrea. I can, I can pay you. Who's Andrea? She's my daughter. She's three years old. I had a baby. She's my daughter. He seems to be And she's impaired. gone? Yeah. Lindsay, he's yeah, got release papers from Cedar Junction. Yeah and a bus ticket from Walpole dated November 12th. Frank, have you been in prison? 
Yeah, the police lied. They lied to everybody. Hey, Lucy, did you page me? Yes, you got a call from Lester Miller. Lester? Was there a message? The police are at his house. All we're missing is Rebecca at this point. Everybody else finally is in an episode. That's true. Can you help me find Andrea? I guess Jimmy and Eugene are out out having sandwiches. Uh, definitely. Yeah, they're probably like on a sandwich tour of Boston. Yeah, like yeah. A, like... These guys have been loitering in, oh, in my wait. shop, Keith. <laughs> wait, they're on a sub crawl. <laughs> oh, God damn it. All right. Not She's bad. Going bad. Not bad. Uh, yeah, I got this. Uh, got these two. I got these two youths in my in my uh, sub shop. This is the uh, this is a sub king of Boston, as you might recall. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, from last week. Yeah, these guys have been here for a week. All right, what? this one guy's celebrating. He's back as a lawyer. The other guy's celebrating that they're friends again. Uh, uh, you, you're gonna have to ask him to come back to work. I'm afraid. So many meatball subs. They must be best friends. Oh yeah, this is uh, it's uh, really be- it's it's really beautiful. Yeah, you've been oh. eating that meatball sub, you know, like uh, like in Lady and the Tramp. They're just meeting in the middle. <laughs> oh, God damn, that is gross. <laughs> Ooh, action shot. Oh, Eleanor with those shades. Is she Neo in the Matrix? What is happening? Yeah, we got the camera on a dolly. Yeah. Probably a steady cam. They've arrested say the nothing, two brothers. Don't say a word that goes for chopper. both of you. I'll meet you down at the police station. Somebody, somebody what the hell is a, this? A budget for this episode. Murder for Stephen, possession of controlled well, substance for Terrence. Chopper, Where's your search warrant? Exigent circumstances file. to arrest, no time. This arrest is a pretext so you can search his house. We believe that the older brother committed a murder. According you to... had him in your custody. Why did you release him? We decided not to press charges, and then we changed our minds. Ray I'm going to have this so fast. Do what you got to do, Eleanor. Why are your men still in there? Both of the suspects are in your custody. It's a protective sweep of the house for officer safety. You are looking for the gun. This is prosecutorial misconduct, Alan. Eleanor, why don't you go back to your office and draft your motion to dismiss? That's what you do. We'll do what we do, okay? You know what? If there is a gun, I hope you find it. Because then I can suppress and you can rest assured it will never come into evidence. There you go. I mean, she's probably right. Like, this is really reckless. Gotta fight fire with fire. The DA, he's taking no prisoner. What he anymore. did was, he by bringing the arrest warrant here to your Even house, he could arguably look through at least part of the house without a search warrant, which he probably couldn't have gotten otherwise. He was looking for the gun. But they arrested Terrence. I know, but I'm... Eleanor, Terrence has... He has a right start scholarship. He could lose his whole education if he's busted on drugs. I'm going to be in court at 3 o'clock. I am going to try and get that kick. They just think we're a gang family, don't they? We're not a gang family. They clearly have a third younger brother. We're not. Unfortunately, we didn't find anything to connect him to the murder, but we did get some leverage on the younger brother. We'll try to force him to talk. Brothers don't talk, Mr. Lowe. We're doing everything we can. I wish I could believe that. I like her sweater. I have a lot of them like that. See those children? Zip In addition up. to now not having an older brother, they don't have a father. You know, it seems to be going he down was the, the, in a hit the road that all too many times. The police down, never caught is, who did it. There's no investigation. As far as I'm concerned, they never really right? tried. It's just focusing in on this I know. one person. We're not a priority, Mr. Lowe. Miss yeah. Fletcher, I give you Especially my word. This season. I will do whatever I can. 
I mean, you can see that Livingston is being motivated he by good things, of a life you know, by, by noble duties. He's trying Rape to get justice for his mother. DNA tests just cleared him. They expunged his just, record. Let him go. What about doing shitty things? And do we know where he lives? He he's homeless. He's been out of prison a week. All right, so it looks like Jimmy's been doing a little legwork on on the uh, client that is asking Lindsay to help him find his daughter. Uh, yeah, we're, we need some background info, and and Jimmy so is here. So a lot of pasta sauce there on your uh, corner of your mm-hmm. mouth, there, Jimmy. Meatball I contacted sauce. his trial attorney. He does have a daughter, Andrea. Only she's not three. How old is she? Eighteen. Got an address on her. Oh. What oh, did the mom say? The murder and rape her? Frank was cleared of. Andrea's mother. She's. So the mom was raped and murdered. They they pinned if it on the dad. he had enough evidence to get a search warrant, real. why didn't he do so while the suspect was still in custody? As I explained to Ms. Frutt, we first declined to press charges and then thought better of that decision. Yes, choosing to re-arrest him at home where you could conveniently but illegally conduct a search. Your characterization, not mine. Mr. Lowe. Why'd you suddenly change your mind after the suspect was released? Uh, I first thought we'd wait to collect more evidence, Your Honor. But then I considered the threat to society letting him stay at large, and I decided better to continue the investigation with him in custody. And what exactly is your evidence that Stephen Miller committed murder? There's motive. One of his best friends was murdered in a drive-by by a crip two weeks ago. And there's an M.O. Stephen Miller himself is implicated in two previous drive-by shootings for which he served time. Two years as an accessory. And there's opportunity. Stephen Miller's car was seen speeding from the scene immediately after shots were heard. That's it? That's certainly enough to get an arrest warrant. I don't like it. I think Herb got a new rug. I'll let the charges stand for now. But if you don't get anything more... Your Honor. You can bring your motion to dismiss down the road, Miss Frutt. I'll be willing to hear you. But for now, he stays in custody, no bail. As for the drug charges against Terrence Miller. There again, you can file a motion to suppress with juvenile court. I'm sure they'll hear you on Fourth Amendment grounds. But for now, those charges also stand. Terrence is released on personal recognizance. We'll conference to set up trial dates. Adjourned. What happens now? I don't know. Go someplace and talk? Everyone's wearing sweaters this episode. I don't even know him. He's your father. Yeah, I understand. But he went to prison when I was three. And since I thought he killed my mother, I've spent my entire life hating him. But he didn't kill her. Yes, I realize this. He can't take care of himself, you know. He's retarded. Yes. Well, that, I might choose different folks. Are you but... suggesting I take care of him? Well, we would You're today. His only family. 2001. What makes you think I can? It wasn't controversial. I don't know. Or, I mean, it, it was, but it wasn't in a, the public sense. People What's he like? Talking about it that way. He's very sweet. If we ever get to that uh, quantum leap podcast, Keith, we'll know <laughs> that. Uh, we're going to have to do a lot of discussion of the change in vernacular over the years. Yeah. We're going to have some uncomfortable episodes of that. And while we're doing it, let's introduce... Daughter of Ray McKinnon's character! 
lady who needs to be educated in her terminologies of mentally ill folks. Yes, uh, yes. We well, can not, probably not do Not the better. actress, the character. The character. The character. The character. The actress who did not write that line is Kimberly Peterson. <laughs> uh, who you would know from Homecoming, Criminal Minds, Boston Public, West Wing, and Undressed. Oh. Keep your pants on. That's all I can do. Uh, would you like to meet him? Making a lot of assumptions that I'm wearing pants. Oh, no, I'd be... <laughs> no, thank you. If he testifies against the older brother, we'll drop the drug charges. Lindsay's still making How very big of you. And all the accessory charges for the murder itself. Alan, you don't have a case against Stephen Miller, and you know it. Eleanor, you have a conflict here. I've advised my clients of the conflict. Thank you. Mr. Miller, you live within two blocks of a school. That means the drugs we found in Terrence's room, that's possession with intent in a school zone. Mandatory two years. For half an ounce of pot. He will lose his right start scholarship, guaranteed. Your son has a future. Is it worth sacrificing? I'm shutting this down. We got a bad kid here, and we got a good kid. You were letting the bad kid take the good kid down. Neither of them are going down. Your search was bogus, and I will have this arrest tossed within the week. I don't think you will. Let's go, Lester. I mean, like, he's using all of this leverage and basically, you know, destroying one kid to have another kid, which, if they didn't do it, they did, got problems. Did you find her? Um, no, I didn't, Frank. I'm not sure I will. And Lindsay drops her screw. Maybe you could could put an ad well, in the to paper. Save. Let me think about that, okay? His feelings. I mean, I don't know what would you do in that situation. Like it's tough. Do I work for him? I found her. She doesn't want him in her life. What are you gonna do? That's true. You know what? You know, she because of the fact that he's you know has has a a, a challenge. She's not treating him like a normal client because her her job is to tell the truth to her client, no matter you know whether that they want to hear it or not. Yeah, I mean, so in, in, I'm in, not in, I, a, in a case not but last week or the week before, like we we bent over backwards to give all this information and deference to the to the client, who then could tell us whether or not they wanted us to even turn in someone who was a guilty kidnapper. Well, and right, this guy, and we won't even let him know we oh we found your daughter and she ain't into you. She's I I think she's like uh, she's doing an ethical breach by trying to be nice, which is a uh, interesting distinction here. He stayed in a shelter last night and got bullied. Lindsay, he can't stay here. I'm going to talk to Helen. Why? I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of restitution program we're unaware of. I can give you the answer to that you don't need to go to Helen. I'm going to go to Helen. Go to Helen. I don't know what to tell you. Go to her, Lindsay. If this were a rich white kid All who'd of been the shot, ladies we would have triple the, the resources. Because this is gang violence, we uh, got a poor a black victim. Well, I'm not sure that's the case, Alan, but I'll tell you this. If Stephen Miller took out a 14-year-old crip, he should be thanking you for the arrest. I'd also like to He's apologize to this character for having the name Stephen Miller. Helen, you got a second? <laughs> Do I, Alan? 
I was wondering why I kept having the impetus to just vomit all over my keyboard, but now <laughs> it right. all is. Well, why have now. I been punching my desk this whole time? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. In fact, the second I started this episode, my immigrant neighbors like went and took shelter in the basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel, I can feel my hairline receding. Even you know anything like about the Frank Vaughn case? Just clear through DNA, what about it? Would you know why he wasn't released into a managed care facility? Uh, well, from what I understand, he was never officially labeled mentally retarded. Without that, the DOC has no obligation. What about the fact that he was wrongfully incarcerated for 15 years? I would think that would trigger some legal obligation. I'd think it too, but in Massachusetts, it's not the case. Are you telling me your office feels no responsibility here? Lindsay, what I know is it's the DA's office that requested the DNA test on this one. So let's not accuse us of not caring, okay? Any murder, of course, is a tragedy. We hope to solve them all. But this one? A 14-year-old boy with a bright future ahead of him was killed because he was wearing a blue jacket. It appears that the suspect, a member of a gang known as the Bloods, thought that Brian Fletcher was a crip. If anybody has any information regarding this crime or the suspect, Stephen Miller, we ask that you come forward. Put his ass because right now we're dismissing this case due to a lack of evidence. What? At this time, he's deemed innocent and faces no charges. But do not approach this man. He is considered to be possibly armed and dangerous. Simply notify the authorities if you have any information. Thank you. So, he just tried to get that kid murdered. That, um... So you'll recall maybe episode two or three where... Uh, I'll never forget again. What's his name, Keith? Alan Lowe. Where D.A. Lowe, A.D.A. Lowe, was, uh, had a tete-a-tete with one of our cast members, but ultimately seemed conflicted about his less than above board means of of getting his uh getting the win it seems like he's no longer conflicted he's gone full antagonist here i believe he's the new helen mc mcdread yeah no for sure i mean he is i mean he's trying to get like teenager killed Did he just do what I think he did? We pulled some tactics, but that day was nasty. We've pulled some tactics. How'd you make out? It didn't. There's no automatic restitution required in the Commonwealth, at least not without a hard-to-win lawsuit. How about appealing to a conscience? Hey, Rebecca! Helens, talk about your small targets. Evidently, the district attorney's office is feeling quite good about itself since they requested the DNA test. I wasn't in much of a position to guilt them. What do you mean they requested a DNA test? That's what Helen told me. Well, why would the DA's office ever do that on their own accord? Eugene. Did you ask Helen that? No. I would. Yeah, Eugene. Lindsay, look, I found another picture of her in my wallet. It was in a secret place. I, I forgot. Frank, Andrea doesn't look like this anymore. She's all grown up now. I know, but won't this help? I I bet she still smiles like that. Goddamn, he's good. Scoring's great, too. He's just heartbreaking. 
I was told you never knock. You just ordered his execution. I did no such thing. I put out a call for information. You put his face on the... Keith, uh, the practice always does good because we just saw Alan Lowe's calendar. It says November, which is when the episode aired, which is, would true. explain all of the coats and sweaters that you mentioned. Yes, indeed. We should give a shout out to the uh, set deck people. Let me see uh, if we have anybody. Here we go. Uh, it could be the property master, Douglas M. Keen, Keenan. Um, set dresser, Kali Simikovic, or set designer, Ron Yates. So whichever Screen you and made an announcement that he was a blood who murdered a crip, and then you free him from custody. I had no case, just like you said. You set him up to be killed. You issued a death sentence, and it's vile. Tantamount to a death sentence, perhaps, but again, not my intent. I'll grant you, looking at the circumstances the way they are now, your client is safer in jail than he is out. So let's make a deal, and I'll do my best to swiftly get him into protective custody. What a douche. Seriously. I'm going to go to the judge and report this little act of extortion. And if anything happens to Stephen Miller, I will personally see to it that murder accessory charges are brought against you. Fine. Between extortion and go to leverage. The judge. Keith, yes. I think we're finding that. And on your way home... Perhaps you can swing by the morgue and take a look at Brian Fletcher. But our position is still that both brothers are innocent, correct? Well, we don't know, but we have to treat them as if they are. This episode brought to you by Staples. Staples. Bingo. It's clearly the in the DA's shop. DA's office ordered investigations <laughs> and some DNA tests in 43 uh, different... I think it's... We haven't done yes, this segment in a while. You're right. Absolutely. But I, I think it's uh, it's time for... Parishioners, it is time to contemplate the answer to one of God's greatest mysteries. What the hell is Lucy wearing? I, uh, some would refer to that as an, a, 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 a floral print fitted suit trench coat. <laughs> and... I would refer to it as she's uh, she hunted grandma's couch and wore the pelt and had the pelt turned into a coat. That I hope, is a awful, awful print. I hope I hope to find one day that we can we can find out if if she chose these costumes, if she had any input, or if they just chose it was a character thing they decided for her that she was gonna be have wacky kind of We'll never sense. know what the hell Lucy is wearing, but we might be able to ask Marla how she felt about it. Um, although she does have a delightful it is a delightful neck piece uh, she's got wearing so that's at least something different cases involving a bad police officer what in frank's case the cop lied on what is that brooch there it looks, it like, looks cherries. like cherries yeah it, it matches the necklace a little bit and the earrings it is a nice earrings. little ensemble they've put together well, it, you know you know what and she looks like he, she looks like grandma's christmas decorations she's like okay. green and red it it looks like if, if yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, okay. So grandma put like a like a Christmas rug under her coffee table and put like little glass cherries all over it, and then they did like a project runway where they had to turn that into an outfit for Lucy. However, I will say it is seasonally appropriate due to the shows uh, where where they're saying that this, when this took place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Allegedly all right. corrupted an eyewitness whose husband was in jail. Whose husband? A prosecution witness. I mean, basically, this rogue cop coerced witnesses into lying. 
all his cases are under review. Bobby, I'd like to bring a civil rights action against and the guys, state. Hold on. Have you seen those homeless? Inter continue interrupting, but we have to do an impromptu. Okay, so what we just heard about there was a corrupt cop who uh, coerced and, and futzed with evidence in Massachusetts, and so they're having to throw out a huge number of cases in Massachusetts. Now, if you're on Netflix and you happen to have watched How to Fix a Drug Scandal, mm. a documentary about two different lab techs in Massachusetts who had... Mm -hmm big drug problems of their own compromising the drug evidence for thousands of people over 15 some odd years in Massachusetts and then having to fight to get all of those cases overturned altogether. Very similar story. Shelters. Frank deserves to get some money. False imprisonment for 15 years? That'll take years in discovery. Even if you survive a summary judgment... I have to be able to get something... Rebecca, could you start filing the complaint for me? Sure. Look, Lindsay. Let me spend one day on it. One day. He's trying to coerce my client with the threat of death. Mr. Lowe? Ms. Frutt's client is a gang member. Ex-gang member. car was seen speeding from the scene. I was putting out a call for information, which I am entitled to do. You declared him a killer on television. I called him the suspect. Mr. Lowe, you're beginning to get a reputation. Great. Maybe the defense lawyers will be more inclined to plea bargain. No, it's not great. Your reputation is anything but great. But, Miss Frank. Not making any friends here. Technically, Alan. he hasn't stepped outside of the boundaries here. I would like the court to put my client into protective custody. That's a DA's call, and I'm not asking for that. To remove the coercion, I need my client safe. Your Honor, if we're going to put every suspect into protective custody... How about just the ones who have televised bounties on their head? I'm not putting him in protective custody, Counsel. Why not? Because you haven't shown me any tangible threat. When you get one, let me know. We're talking about gangs. The first warning is often a bullet. To the head. If you get a threat, bring it to me. Until then, I can't do anything. Like Why do you need could. me? I don't technically, but, well, you know, you might have a claim, too, Lindsay's Andrea. back with the daughter. You lost your father. They took him from you. He's not my dad. He's my biological father. And how does it help him if I sue? You don't have to sue, but if I had you on board as a witness... A witness to what? To what he lost. You're all he's thought about for 15 years. I don't need this. I'm sorry. I'm here because of what he needs. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave now. I don't understand why you don't want to meet him. Oh, you don't understand that. I guess that means you can otherwise understand my life, Miss Stoll. My very first memory was finding my mother dead. I thought she was just play-acting. I was crawling on her, laughing, like it was all a game until... I've lived in seven different foster homes. I'm sorry you don't understand things. But let me see if I can get you to understand this. My life 
for the first time is moving forward. It's even normal. I've got a job, a boyfriend, I... I joined Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> She's got that haircut. You are in here asking me to go backwards to a place. I can't do it. And it's not that I don't want a father. It's raining oopsies. Hallelujah. I wanted nothing more. Kelly Williams reminding us just how excellent of a reactionary actress she is. As she hasn't said a word here, she's just stilly watching, and it yeah. is compelling. But I can't do it. I can't. Okay. I don't know what else to tell you. It isn't good. They're not even looking for anybody else. I've never put the question to you before, Lester. Did Stephen do this? Oh, obviously you think he did. His best friend was killed. He's seen speeding from the scene. He's been involved in two drive-bys before. I would be lying to you if I told you I didn't have some doubts. Given everything we're up against, this may be the time to consider a deal. Add to the mix the DA setting him up, Stephen is probably safer in jail. I can get the drug charges dropped on Terrence. I hate to let the DA win on this, but there are other things I am more afraid of. You're asking me to advise my son to plead guilty to a murder he didn't commit. That's the theme of this uh, season. I, I have to go to court? It's possible, but... But I didn't do anything! Frank? I didn't do anything! Okay! Don't make me go to court! Frank, Frank, listen. You don't have to go to jail. This isn't about that. This is about getting the state to pay you money for putting you in prison before. But I didn't do anything before! I know that. I, I Please don't make me go to court! Okay. Please don't make me! Okay. Please! Okay, we won't. They think I killed her, you know? No, no, they, they don't think that anymore. Everybody knows you didn't do anything wrong. Does Andrea know? We need to find her to tell her. So good. I did find her, Frank. You did. She wishes you well. And, um, Ugh. she told me to tell you she loves you. She coming over. Keith, I, I found that girl that ghosted you. <laughs> you did? She wishes you well. Uh-huh. And she says she uh, does not still love you. Uh, that part was clear. <laughs> no. Her life has been very difficult. It's going well now, but she thinks it's best if she doesn't see you just yet. It's delicate. Why? Well, 
It's complicated. She still thinks I did what they say I did. No, no, she doesn't think you did anything wrong. Then why doesn't she want to come over? Well, maybe in time she will. But for, for now... Hey, let's look at what is good here. Lindsay is going to take this complaint to the Attorney General's office, and we're going to file our claim, and hopefully we're going to get you money so you can get a place to live. You won't have to sleep at the shelter. Isn't that great? One day she will come over. Ugh. I didn't think I was going to be so emotional today. <clears throat> I don't need Ray a lecture, McKinnon Helen. A I think you do. Least of all from you. The way you are behaving, your opinion doesn't much matter to me. Well, nor yours to me. So... So fine, but considering mine reflects an office consensus, you might want to listen for the fun of it. Look, you've gone too far. Busting the younger brother for leverage. Calling a press conference for the purpose of creating a death threat. I made a promise to Brian Fletcher's mother this that I... This isn't about keeping promises. You've never played hardball before. Nor is, is that... this hardball. It goes beyond that. Helen. You came to me asking for advice. Now I am giving it to you. Your integrity is at stake. The integrity of this office is at stake. Mr. Lowe? I'm Lance Miller. Steve's brother? Oh shit. What can Let's I do for do you? Let's do this before it starts! The littlest brother! Another cute little kid! Yes, and I... It looks like he's, what, 10 or 11? Mm -hmm. This is uh, Lance, played by Robert Bailey Jr., who you would know from uh, The Happening, Coraline, Bubble Boy, Emergence, The Night Shift, and, interestingly, he was also in the movie Dragonfly with Monet Michael. Oh, that's cool. I wonder many things. I did it. I shot that kid. The password is twist. <laughs> I have a friend. His name's Billy. I was going to see him. That's why I was there. You went to see your friend Billy? Yes. Two miles from your house, you walked? Yes. With a gun. I was going to show Billy the gun. Where'd you get the gun? I found it. Where? In a ditch behind the projects. So I was going to show Billy. And that kid, he started punking me. The Fletcher boy? Yeah. He was going to beat me up and stuff. And I got scared. So I shot him. What kind of gun was it, Lance? A handgun. What's going on? Eleanor, you know Lance Miller? Of course I know him. What are you doing here, Lance? He just confessed to killing Brian Fletcher. Excuse me? So now That's two brothers are going to be dead? That's you. Give me just a second. Lance, will you come with me? Now, if Stephen isn't the shooter, 
Why would his kid brother be down here trying to save him? I'm not defending the policeman. I'm just saying we don't know for sure he lied in Frank Vaughn's case. He's known to lie. DNA cleared Frank Vaughn. The likelihood is this cop is responsible. Obviously, I'm not about to comment on the merits. You haven't even filed your complaint yet. My client isn't looking to win a lottery here, Mr. Jenkins. All I'm asking for is to make sure he's taken care of. I want to establish a trust. I want temporary housing in a private group home. I don't have authority to do you that. You have the authority to make the recommendation. So Delon McCain? The liability McCann? on this isn't in question McMahon. here. Jesus. We both know it. I can read. Frank Vaughn is mentally handicapped. I'm just asking that we not drag this out. I'm giving you the chance to settle this quickly and cheaply. I know you don't want this in the hands of a jury. Let's just do something here. Because it's the right thing to do. All right. He didn't shoot the Fletcher boy. He decided to confess to it since... Look, he figured since he was 10, the punishment would be less for him than Stephen. Well, that's Smart very kid. astute, Eleanor. Whose idea was it? He says it was his, and I believe him, Helen. Lester would have never sent down his 10-year-old to fall in a grenade. Well, then why would he... He was just convinced that Stephen was going to get arrested for it. He's scared, Helen. That's all. His father's home crying. He's got two brothers. He just got scared. Where is he now? He's right outside. Could you bring him in, please? He's going to arrest him. Wait, he's not a cop. I guess he's not going to arrest him. Lance. He's going to get more leverage by arresting him? Michael, Roots place the boy under arrest for murder, please, and transport him to juvenile court. What? Read him his rights. For God's sake, you know he made it all up. You tell Mr. Miller that if he has any information on this crime, he should come forward. Otherwise, his 10-year-old will be indicted as a youthful offender. Wow, First of all, any confession extortion. you got, he's 10 years old, without counsel present. That confession present. is not custodial. He just walked in and announced that he did State it. State of mind. You can try to suppress it if you want, Eleanor, but he will be indicted. Read him his rights, detective. Detective. Lance Miller, you're under arrest for the murder of Brian Poor Fletcher. Man, Ruzzo, he's just been you have the right to like, remain silent. Uh, Anything you say, Cannon, episode. will be used against you in a court of law. You have the this right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed to you. Now, he still hasn't murdered anybody yet, but he did. That was pretty close. I mean, it's not Helen style, but it's pretty shitty. There's a lot of details to still work Helen out. We haven't have agreed on her. how much money, but in the meantime, we have a place for you to live, and soon you'll be able to move to an even better place. And you'll have enough money for rent, groceries. We can move you into your temporary housing today. And, and Andrea, can she come? Frank, I told you. Andrea's not coming. But when she we is, this, I know a remember? sandwich shop. Great for you reconciliations. I didn't lie. You said you did not find her when you did. Well... And, and, and now I don't believe you when you say she won't come. Why would I say that? You lied. The police lied before and you're lying now. Nobody wants me to be with her because I am retarded. You, you think that I am bad for her because I'm retarded. You think that I will, I will hurt her. That is not the case. Where is she then? Tell me where she is. I can't really do that. But why? I promised her I wouldn't. Uh, Dylan, are you there? It's your agent. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, oh, yes, yes, I'm here. Yes, I, I thought we had a bad connection. Uh, so this week's episode, uh, I just got the script. Okay. Listen, <laughs> you don't have any lines, uh, but can you just stand in the doorway and look hot as fuck? I mean, couple buttons down, super fitted suit, hair quaffed to within an inch of its life, just looking fucking steamy. Can you do that? So you, you just want to be, to be the most fuckable extra of all time? Oh my God, yeah. Just give me that fucking Bobby sex in the doorway. But you don't have to say anything or okay. be, have any agency whatsoever. But I'm going to get my full rate. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, all right, all right. This is... Did you, what is she wearing? It's like he looks like the... the uh, she needs time to adjust. Who's the guy, the most interesting man in the world? What's that product? The only thing oh, that uh, I ever did was make a baby. A, a, a beautiful, beautiful baby. Why can't I be with her? Doesn't always work that Maybe way, brother. Maybe in time. Kelly Williams has been on the verge of tears Let's get you to for your new 45 home, minutes. Okay? Yeah. I really think you're going to like it. Okay. Like they, what? Did they buy him a house already? They Don't tell me this isn't your case, Helen. You've seen enough firsthand to step in. I can't just step in. Even He's if using this to turn the screw, and as an officer of the court, you have an obligation to report him. For what? Bad yeah. faith. Even Richard Bay wouldn't have pulled this kind of crap. You have to step in. Or we not for Richard Bay. <sighs> Eleanor Frutt. It dawns on me right now, with five minutes left to go in episode seven of season six, that we have woefully either just dropped the ball with calling out fans when we see them, or there just haven't been. Maybe they rectified by season six? There has definitely been a, a toning it down on the fans. Yeah. I don't think I've seen them nearly as I feel many. Like it's, I mean, I still call it out when I see him on other TV when I'm not on a podcast and Jen <laughs> laughs every time. So I imagine we would have caught him, but I've got to, I've got to open my, my third eye again. I, I think they might have uh, put some what? air conditioning into Boston. Uh-oh. When? Eleanor's got to call something else with the brothers. Here we go. Stephen Miller was just stabbed. Yeah. He's in surgery at Brigham's. Of course. Dr. Evans, I see you. Dr. Evans, I see you. And Lo is there at the hospital. That's interesting. On call cardiologist 3148. On call cardiologist 3148. They think he's going to be okay. I think it's fair to charge Lo with accessory. Was assault. it a retaliation hit? No. It was one of the Bloods. The gang he used to be in. I don't understand. His name is Leonard Stewart. He's also the one who shot the Fletcher boy, Mr. Lowe. He evidently thought that Stephen would eventually find out that it was him. And that Stephen would turn him in to save himself. So he decided... He tried to shut Stephen up for good. Now, of course, for TV contrivance, on, you needed him to be stabbed and not Come shot. Because mm -hmm. if he died, it'd be too sad and we wouldn't have gotten that information. But, like, stabbing? Come on. 
Feeling pretty good, Alan. Are you? I take my cues from defense attorneys, Eleanor. They come to me saying one of two things. My client's innocent, or you got no case. You were telling me that I had no case. Tell you what, that's a hell of a final line. Your bathroom is nicer than mine. It's really all mine. You don't own the apartment, but it's all yours to use. Eventually, you'll probably move to another place, which will also be yours. But for now, have you lived alone before? Oh, yes. Before the police took me. But oh, this is this is so much nicer than... than... Wow. The daughter's here. Hi, Dad. Andrea? How... How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm great. Oh, you... you. You're so beautiful. Oh, she is so beautiful. Listen. All these years. I... They lied to you. Yeah. Keith, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna cry. God damn it. <laughs> I've always wanted to meet you. I have missed you so, so much. Come on, Lindsay, let him fly. I do not want to let go. <laughs> God damn it, got me the second time too! <clears throat> Son of a bitch! I literally watched this yesterday. God damn it. Shit. Here's Fletcher. They just arrested the man who killed my son. Not the man you were after. But I know it never would have come about if you had not pushed the way you did. You kept your promise, Mr. Lowe. But at what cost, Keith? At what cost? Thank you. You're a man of your word. They are creating quite a complex character with him, though, which, which yeah. I think when his motivations and his actions are, they, they blur the line. That's, that's compelling. All right. Well, if you want to hear uh, more tears and more compelling content, <laughs> st stick around and join us back on the YouTube for our end of show. Uh, well, it's not just the oopsies, is it anymore? I guess it's uh, the whole it's a after whole party. bunch of stuff. It's a whole after party. Join us. We'll see you in a few. And we are back. 
Baby. We are back. The uh, two grown men have wiped away their tears. Uh, <laughs> whew, that that one, I, I, I said I said before, that one got me twice. Got me twice, that final scene. All right. But in case you, you know, didn't listen to that and you didn't know what had happened, uh, we're going to give you two bites at the apple to catch up with the rest of us. First up, Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Y'all, a mom is pissed because her son got gunned down and ADA low is after this son of a bitch. Two brothers are somewhat accused, but uh, all kinds of leverage and, and an extortion attempt is made and it's crazy. On the other hand, we have a, a, a mentally handicapped individual who's looking to Lindsay for help finding his daughter. She gets him some money because of he was put away to jail uh, f- for bad reasons. And at the end, we all cry because the daughter comes. Yes, indeed. Now, yeah. let's do it with fewer syllables. Two fathers searching. Leverage or extortion. Tears of joy for once. Wow. Fabulous. That was great. Thanks, man. Well done. That was a, that was a very, very good haikupsi. And you know. now it's time for just the regular plain old. Ladies and gentlemen. The Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike! What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, they're our fake awards show that begins every week with the highest noted award. Most Valuable! Well, look, I'm glad to see Eleanor back. I am glad to see it. But she... Her client gets... uh, her clients, all three of the brothers, really get put through the ringer this week. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily uh, because of her lawyering, but the outcome, it's not great. Uh, well, you know, th- nobody's going to prison, but uh, we did get stabbed and we did get arrested as a small boy got arrested. It not Great things didn't happen, all right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some lives were definitely affected, if not potentially ruined. ADA Lowe gets his guy. But he he lost a little bit of his soul, and he wasn't chasing the right guy, which brings me to Lindsay, who not only won some money for her client who was in desperate need of some money to help get his life on the right track, or not even on the right track, but that that implies that it was he was going down a wrong path, but to help uh, get him on Give the- Give him the support he needs. Yes, get him the support he needed. Uh, she also located his daughter- and was able to facilitate a really much needed um, 
reconciliation. And thus, I think Lindsay is is a humanitarian, an excellent lawyer, a compassionate lawyer, and she gets our oopsie. Yeah, no, I, I think you're entirely right. I mean, Eleanor, it, things just sort of happened to her. She didn't actually do a great deal of lawyering. Um, she was just sort of there reacting to what Alan Lowe was doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lindsay stepped up and stepped in. She, you know, obvi- pr- probably wasn't paid anything for this. And, uh, but she she stepped up and helped repair a family and help out uh, our uh, our new friend with an intellectual disability. And we're all better for it. So uh, congratulations, Lindsay Dole, with your most valuable lawyer. Coming up next. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Watch first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. God damn. That brings me such joy for no reason. <laughs> Other than we're total complete assholes. Yes, we are. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't know if we have to deliberate this. I think uh, every. You know, a shout out to maybe mention his name again. The the father of the three sons, just trying to keep his family. Oh, together. Lee Hampton. Lee Hampton did a great Lee, job. Yeah. Lee Hampton, excellent in this episode. But I, I gotta say, uh, sometimes you win an Oscar because you're great, and uh, an Oscar pales in comparison to an oopsie of course and so Obviously, i'm happy here yeah. i'm happy here to uh to to add yet another prestigious award to this man's uh, mantle keith to finally give ray mckinnon the uh the hardware he deserves he can finally take that oscar down and uh, you know put it back in storage and get the one he really wants which is an mm-hmm. oopsie uh Yes, no, I'm I, I'm I'm with you. I, although I think Monet Michael did a tremendous job as well, mm-hmm. um, she, and, and she I think bookended the episode with two great scenes. She really did, and I I think in a lot of ways, like she would have won for many other episodes. Now I do think, uh, as we're as we're giving Ray McKinnon uh, his oopsie on this, if this were filmed today, I bet they would have made an effort to hire somebody with an actual intellectual disability to play this character. And, and I think that they, they could have and should have, um, you know, obviously at that point that that was, wasn't really something that was considered, but I think that they, I, I think we are better in a world in which we give somebody uh, a shot. I do agree with you. And I'm, I'm glad that we are living in a time where we are at least moving towards more representation of certain communities playing the telling their stories those actors right. telling those stories right no i and i i think that's a that's a way in which things have changed for the better for the in better. the last 20 years uh that said ray mckinnon fantastic Nailed actor it. and uh did you know and and the character that he played on deadwood i will will always stick with me have you watched deadwood uh, I've watched the, f- the first few, but I've never stuck with it. I have to, I, I definitely want to. You really should. You really should. Uh, okay. Coming That's up HBO, now. right? What's that? That's HBO, HBO, right? HBO, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they did a follow-up movie, which I haven't seen yet because I want to re-watch the series before I watch the, the, uh, the follow-up movie. 
but but yeah it's a it's terrific all right anyway you killed Oops. your podiatrist or blew the case but you let a single tear run down your face you're the best actor on the show sorry ray bruzzo i know it's coming one of these days is coming uh but it's not today. Today, I think we... I've never been actually happier to be so right when it comes to what does Mike think is going to happen. That's true. I, you really know. Sh- shot in the dark, looking for our female a- actors to, to to take a prominent role again. They did. And I think Kelly Williams... Also, shout out to Eleanor. Ex- or excuse me, Cameron. Uh, excellent this week. Just excellent this week. Really caught between a rock and a hard place and played that those stakes well. I also loved... Rebecca D again. Uh she, we got we got some uh great scenes of that the office conscience as as she often is. So I, I a shout out there as well. But Kelly Williams brings the A game, shows us, like I said, why she's an excellent actor, whether she's speaking or not, and when she is, and and just you look, me and Keith are the blubbering messes. That's the crying. The audience gets that release, but We've talked about this before. It's so compelling to watch a character being brought to the verge of that emotion, but keeping it in check for various reasons, for her, so as not to break in front of her client, so as to show composure. Uh, but yet the compassion that she exuded was mm-hmm. so real and so authentic that it it really enhanced the performance of our best guest actor. And and I just thought she just did excellent work in this episode. I'm so glad that she she got an episode to shine again. It's been a while. Yeah, it really has. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I, it's definitely Kelly Kelly Williams, and yeah, I, you know she's been missed in the last. You know, obviously in real life and on the show, she had a baby, and so she had you know more important shit to do than to entertain us. But we're very happy to have her back, and not just giving one line an episode. Um, yeah, no, I I thought she did a great job. Um you know, very compassionate, but also very understated. Like she you know, that, that's one thing that I I enjoy about about Kelly Williams' performance. She never does too much. Mm. And there's there's always the danger of doing too much and and she is uh very good at that. So congratulations Kelly Williams on your best actor. Oopsie. Coming up next, the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Hey, we're so far ahead that I can't even put this stuff on the screen anymore, and that's good news for all of us. So last week's Tom Brady Award winner, uh, you can check out our Instagram. At- I, have, I have no memory of what it, uh, it, it be, if you don't put up the show, like the rough draft, I I don't remember who wins anything, so I actually have to go back and rewatch it. That's the the only part like I guaranteed to rewatch is the oopsies, so I can figure out who to do the graphics for. You should watch the Easter egg reveals. Sometimes they're fun. Like last week was, was pretty fun. The Ruth Bader Ginsburg Egon thing was is is I did a fun little thing. Uh, oh, I should watch that. Yeah. So this week, uh, last week, so yeah, check out our Instagram. It's probably better to do that anyway. Uh, this week, I know we're not killing Tom this year. We're not but, not killing Tom. We but, abducted him, but let's not. We're not killing him. I'm going to get him as close to death as possible. <laughs> this week, I want the Tom Brady word for being Tom Brady to be identifying the body at the morgue. Tom Brady. <laughs> He's not the body. He's just identifying the body. <laughs> I, 
I will. I've said it before. I will say it again. If anything ever happens to Tom Brady, the FBI will be at our door in about thirty seconds. They're probably already hey, there, just you know waiting for something. At least we'd get some happen. views. At least we'd get some views. <laughs> That's true. The best thing, the best thing that could ever happen to our podcast is Mike gets arrested for the murder of Tom Brady. Me? I don't do the photoshops, buddy. Yeah, but you're the one who writes them all. <laughs> now, I what just transcribe that, what your happened dark, to that dark one episode feelings. of the practice where that guy was just writing in his journal about how he would kill his wife. He wasn't actually trying to kill his wife. He just was writing in his journal. How did that turn out? I don't actually remember, but I don't think he went to prison. <laughs> no, that no, I do remember that episode. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. Well, look, you're definitely on a list somewhere. Well, that that's not because of the show, but let's move forward. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. It's just you and me again, folks. It always comes down to this at the end of the episode. Here, Where'd I go? Here's the thing. Uh, I cried. And when I cry, that means my emotions have taken over. I think that the the Kelly Williams, the Lindsay storyline here i hesitate to call it the b story but we'll call it the b story because it, it happened second so we'll we'll do it that way was actually much more compelling to me we didn't actually do much in courtroom drama with it but i found it to have a much more uh, even parabola of an arc i thought that there were great stakes that it, it it played out very well i liked i liked what we were saying in the a story for me, though, it feels like this is one of those cases we talk about, Keith, where it, it gets buttoned up very quickly and very, I don't want to say neatly, because there's a lot of uh, hanging chads at the end, emotionally, and when it comes to the scruples of our <laughs> of our cast members. But yet, the way we kind of, it, it seems like we're really, you know, there are some cases we decide to span a couple of episodes, and there are some cases that have a lot of fruit to bear like we had so many twists here the little brother then the the extortion attempt and the leverage there's so many moving pieces it really felt like we could we could really explore a lot of nooks and crannies but instead we just okay we're gonna stab him at the end he's gonna that we're gonna find the guy off camera with with no real effort we're just gonna find the guy we weren't even looking for and it's all gonna get wrapped up neatly and then we'll just we'll just have that scene at the end where everybody's questioning their feelings and it feels like we jump from everything's the, the, it, everything's hot and interesting to, okay, the case is over and we're just dealing with the aftermath really fast in the last three minutes of the episode, and that always feels a little cheap to me. That said, we've talked about this is a lot as well. It's easy to band-aid over some of those TV-isms, if you will, when you have incredible acting and scene work taking place, and this is no exception. Incredible acting incredible scene work the opening beat here with the mother absolutely incredible the closing beat with the mother absolutely incredible every beat with uh, please the academy award winner's name once again ray mckinnon every beat with ray mckinnon heartbreaking heart wrenching and then the last beat the re reuniting with the dog oh the beat with kelly williams and the daughter the first time then that that reunion scene at the end with it, it was it was just really excellent. Those scenes were really excellent. And it was really smart of them to bookend the episode with that really uh, great scene in the beginning of just a parent needing justice. 
And that closing scene with a parent who has been the victim of such injustice getting that chance, right? Getting that reunion and that chance of, of possibly having a relationship at the end. I just thought those, the bookends were really, really well uh, plotted. So all in all, I have my nits, but I really enjoyed the episode. I mean, I cried. Uh, two grown men cried together, uh, which is, you know, beautiful in its own right. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to give it, uh, I've been rating things high, uh, even though, you know, we've had our nits to pick, but I'm going to give this one another high rating, 8.77 spare tires. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think you you put that really well. Um and yeah, I, I have similar nits to pick with it. Um, the, you know, Eleanor's case and Alan Lowe's case and the sort of complexity of that story and the sort of misidentified uh, suspect and the the whole family dynamic, all three brothers being a part of this and how they're being exploited by, by Alan Lowe. And I liked that world that we went into, you know, uh, certainly with the racial profiling, the the gang profiling, and not being able to escape that life. Um, also, just a little bit uh, of the 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 drug stuff. Like the 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 middle brother was in this special academic program, and a little bit of pot would have been enough to throw him out of that program, and that's an injustice in itself. But my my complaint with that storyline is that a lot of these injustices or complexities or institutional problems that this family is struggling with are sort of mentioned rather mm. than explored. Right. And the consequences of um, how the system was screwing them over was sort of, again, mentioned, but it was in sort of like a shorthand way. And I appreciate it being a topic of discussion, but I'd really like to get deeper into it and and have a better sense because you, you you have this family sort of victimized by this oh i got huge you did get uh, huge i'll here i am so you, you I, i'll get you there i'll get you there yeah yeah you, you have this family being victimized by this institutional problem and yet we're exploring that uh oh oh here i am <laughs> I'm just trying to make a serious point. Uh, so <laughs> you have you have you have this this family being victimized by this system, and we're addressing it. But most of the time spent on it is white people talking about them, mm. white people discussing oh the consequences for this family who, you know, is, is dealing with poverty, dealing with gangs, and lets us white people discuss what happens to them. And, and maybe that's part of the point. I don't right. know. But I, I, like, there's, there's more there to be mine, and I would have liked to have spent more time on that. Um, on the other hand, I also thought this, this episode had some great lines in it. Um, mm -hmm. Alan Lowe's last comment to Eleanor, that lawyers come to me, and they say, either my client is innocent or you don't have a case. And what Eleanor said was, you don't have a case. It's like, I take my cues from you. And I thought that was a really fascinating um, distinction and helped, you know, and, and helped explain 
more of why he was doing what he was doing. And I also, you know, because we as an audience are very much against what Alan Lowe is doing there. He's way overreaching. He's being he's being sort of a monster. But adding that little wrinkle there makes it a little bit more complex, as does uh, uh, Monet Michaels' character as the mother coming up at the end. Because from her perspective, she wants the guy who who murdered her son. It doesn't really matter what the other consequences are, which is why she shouldn't be making the decision on how you get from point A to point B. But it was also interesting that that what he did eventually did lead to the right person being um, being arrested, but it just had all of this other uh, damage that got done along the way. Um, so I don't know. I thought that, that was all sort of, it, it just makes me think about it. It makes me think about how I would write this episode differently. Um, but it was a really interesting exploration. And on top of that, um, you're right. The the case with Ray McKinnon and his daughter, Kim, played by Kimberly Peterson, um, was really beautiful and heartwarming. Um, you know, again, as I said before, you know, today I think it should be cast with somebody with an intellectual disability and not a tremendous actor. Um who is also a tremendous actor, not just an actor actor. Uh, and and you're right. I mean, let's face it. It got me. And is it a little cheesy? Yeah, but it was good. It was really satisfying going down. And and it made me cry both times. So, um, yeah, so nits to pick. But I cried. So you get, a, you get an extra letter grade uh, when you make me cry. So I'm going to give it 8.82 okay. spare tires. All right. I thought I thought like it's it would have been a 7.8 if it didn't make me cry and it made me cry both times I watched. So you get your full uh tire when you make me cry twice. All right folks, it's time to reveal the easter egg. Oh yeah, you oh we're going a different I remembered. Yeah, okay. Well, that's great. I remember it. So uh, our fellow here in the cast. Now, I mentioned that. Uh, do you have any guesses? No. All right. Lo- so, is it a locket? I didn't see a locket. It's not a locket. It's a, it is a picture, an old-timey picture. I mentioned that Ray McKinnon uh, played a character on Deadwood and had an amazing arc. And the character that he played was uh, Dr. Henry Weston, a uh, Reverend Henry Weston Smith. And that is the actual Henry Weston Smith. Oh, look at that. That's As the cool. person he actually played on Deadwood. Sweet. That's cool. All right. I like that one. And well, and with that Easter egg, we have gotten through another episode of the Out of Practice podcast. If you would like to join the conversation, please send us an email at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. And while you're at it, you're already you're already online. You've got nothing to do. You got obviously you don't have a lot to do. So you can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. You can join the jury. We're gonna read what your comment is on the air, good, bad, or ugly. You know we're gonna read it. And we're gonna play a little bumper and all that stuff. We really appreciate it. Speaking of people who we really appreciate, the Out of Practice podcast is brought to you by generous founding sponsors Jorge Novoa, Cloud Lover 69, Leanne Wrights, Jennifer Masanova, and Kari Kuhn. 
Did you know that you can join them? And you can. All you have to do is click on the show notes, uh, one of the links. You can leave a monthly contribution or a one-time donation. Helps the show. It might not seem like it, might not sound like it, but it lets us buy cool things like this turntable, uh, which we will explain at another time. In the meantime, do me a favor. Threaten all types of extortion in order to get us some sweet, sweet laser sounds. Laser sounds. <laughs>